It is Thursday, the 17th day of February, and uh, if you are listening to this uh, on Thursday the 17th, it is roughly 55 degrees outside of the beautiful Broadcast Palace. Uh, On Tuesday, it was so fucking cold that sadly, uh, the Honda Fit wouldn't start a tough going for the old girl in this kind of weather, I suppose. But um, I'm arriving at a place where I am entirely filled with rancor. Rancor, vocab word of the week. Check it out. There you are. At having to deal with the snow and the cold and just winter in New England in general. And it's not something that I anticipated. Um I've never really had an issue with it. I've always kind of dealt with it. But for some reason, having to deal with it has become far less palatable this year. And I don't really know what the impetus was behind it. I mean, you know, close to two and a half feet of snow will do that. But, I mean, honestly, in reality, that was only one day. Maybe one and a half days of inconvenience. It's the fucking cold. It's not even like the snow has been one thing, but it's the cold. This last snow event over the weekend, Sunday specifically, uh, snow event, yeah, which is what uh, weather folks are calling these things now, events. Why? Is storm suddenly too difficult for some to handle? That's what I'm thinking. It was uh, forecasted to bring like one to three inches and be over by noon on Sunday. Did that happen? No. Finished with about eight inches after a whole fucking day of snow. Fuck that noise. It's going to be in the 50s starting Thursday. Although uh, on Thursday night and into Friday, it's going to rain like hell. And we're going to get wind in the 40s and 50 mile an hour range. So, yeah. And then all next week, it's going to be warm. It's all a big fucking tease, though, as I'm sure it'll be back down to zero shortly thereafter. And I'm not looking forward to it. I'm going to Vegas next month, and honestly, I can't say... uh, It it can't come soon enough. I'm done complaining about the weather. I I don't want to be that guy. Weather. I don't want to be weather. That's shit that happens when when you get old. And, you know, I don't think I'm old yet. Mostly. But seriously, I don't want to be that guy. So uh, That and more on episode 108, uh, a belated 50th birthday to the one and only Yaromir Yager. I just happened to see that. So a shout out to Yaromir, just in case he's listening to the show. That's all right here, right now. Complaints and observations. Still the most less than average podcast on the internet with a host who's the smartest person in the room when he's the only one there. A continuing odyssey into mediocrity guaranteed to make you question your life choices and your own sanity. This is Complaints and Observations.
with Dave LaPointe. Who the hell is Dave LaPointe? I think he's a bum. I think he's an absolute bum. What's up, complainers? How we doing? Good? Yeah? I don't really care. No, that's not true. I do care. I care. I'm sorry. I care about all four of you. Uh, but seriously, how's it going? Things good? Hopefully. Hopefully things are good. Um, hopefully you got to listen to last week's uh, pathetic attempt at a show. You know, the last thing I want to do is be loud in a hotel room. You know, not late at night, but late-ish, you know. I don't want to be loud during prime time. So, I had to whisper... Not not whisper, but I, I kept I kept it to a more dulcet tone. To which uh, a new listener said that I sounded like I was reading the church announcements, or or announcements at church. And that uh, she found that not terrible. I didn't particularly care for it, but what can you do? Um, and then again, most are lousy attempts at a show, if we're being honest. But last week I thought was terrible, mainly because I wasn't entirely prepared. You know, I was in the midst of a work trip. I was very tired that particular night. Uh, I think right, right after I finished and, and posted it, uh, boy, I may, I may have been awake for another solid five minutes before I fell asleep. And then I proceeded to not sleep well. All night long. I was placed on the first floor of the hotel, facing the parking lot, and a fucking giant light. So, not not good. And I got the same bullshit reply, you know, both nights that I tried to move. Oh, I'm very sorry, we're booked solid. No, you're not. Don't fucking lie. Uh, the sound wasn't too bad, though, last week, was it? I don't think so. The good old Google Pixel 4. Seems to uh, to make a better mic than this uh, Amazon shit heap two that I've got here. So one good thing about the trip is that more observational bullshit from traveling, which happens to me all the time. I'm not sure why, but perhaps it's just like a a heightened sense of awareness when I'm out and about. At least that's what I'm going to tell myself. It's not that I'm just a, a, a petty, pathetic loser who is always nitpicking. <laughs> nope, it's a heightened sense of awareness. This time, though, on the plane, right, I got seated in front of a guy who felt the need to immediately start talking to the couple that he was sharing a role with. Now, when I say immediately, I say, and I, you know, I say, uh, this guy had not sat down yet. Before he started talking to this couple. 
just weaving tales about his professional life and all that he that he's accomplished. Retired, but lured back to be the COO at a tech startup out of Boise, Idaho. Developing some kind of financial app fresh off a Series B funding of something like $17 million. Living in New Hampshire, he's a Nashua guy, but lives with his wife in Londonderry now, and she's more than eager for him to leave during the week. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Two kids, a son who's a venture capitalist living in Greenwich Village, and a daughter who's a writer working on her second novel who's dating a hockey player. Someone in New York, but he doesn't follow hockey all that much anymore. So he doesn't know which team. Oh, but he, he played a bit during his time at RPI, but got more into building out code for something that became a basis for the early version of PC games. He's happy that it's open source now. After a long week, though, he's just ready to get back to the airport, get into his Tesla. Yeah, he's got a Tesla. And the guy that makes him is a bit of a quack. Not that he really knows him, though. But yes, he, he did meet him a handful of times. He's apparently an insightful man with a flair for the absurd. Everything that I just said there really happened. All of it. This fucking clown talked to these two kids, probably in their mid-twenties, who were only in Chicago for a day. And he told them this to go to a fucking funeral. The girl's uncle died. That's why they were there. So now they're, they're trying to get out of Chicago and go home. But this guy felt the need to talk to them for roughly 30 minutes because for some fucking reason, the goddamn plane didn't take off on time. I'm kind of glad that it didn't, though. I laughed out loud multiple times, and I'm certain this couple knew I was laughing at this guy. I love to travel. I love uh, going places and seeing things. And I'm sure an entire podcast could be built just on observational travel shit. And if I traveled regularly, I would absolutely do it. These last two trips have not been... Uh, they haven't been normal trips, so it's not going to be a... A regular thing for me. At least, honestly, I hope it's not a regular thing for me. We'll see. But I wonder if that was something like pre-COVID. Because uh, obviously travel blogging was probably halted because of COVID. I'm, I, I keep... Like, I'm having... I had dinner again. I can't eat dinner before I do this because it's just, you know, constant fucking bodily issues going on here. And the last thing I want to do is like burp into the microphone. I've done that a handful of times and it doesn't serve anybody any purpose whatsoever. So I'm trying to avoid it. Also, I bit my tongue at dinner. And so now the right side of my tongue is like swollen. So it's just like... <laughs> that sounded gross, I'm sure. But fuck. So yeah, 
definitely something that that could be done when traveling gets really like up to fucking full speed again. It's getting close. Soon, we'll see. Free ad. <clears throat> uh, Dingle whiskey. Fucking hey, that's good. Jesus. Man, oh man. So the Super Bowl, eh? Good show, I must say. Uh, game was good. I was I was hoping the Bengals would win. Um, but it was a good game. And as a neutral, that's kind of all you want. And I was reading like the uh, the ratings pulled a huge number, but the streaming side of it, uh, the biggest streaming audience that the game has ever had. But this I found interesting. On average, it was close to a full minute behind live television, uh, cable, or over the air, which is fucking bananas. I mean, if you're sitting around watching the game and you're on social media, like, uh, it's a problem. And it happens for me with, with soccer sometimes. I'll be watching a soccer game. And I'm on Twitter conversing with my soccer friends. And, you know, all of a sudden, like, the you'll get a you'll get a tweet from the team that you're watching. Oh, so-and-so is scoring. And you look at the TV, and they're still fucking dribbling the ball down the field. And you're like, what the fuck? I hate that. That's the only downside to streaming. And I'm sure it's done intentionally so that you fucking keep paying for cable. Because Xfinity fucking sucks. Assholes. Anyways, best commercial. Um, that Coinbase commercial with the um, QR code, brilliant, absolutely brilliant, Dad. Nicely done. That probably the actual making of the commercial on their end was probably minimal. You know, they needed the music, the QR code, and then the uh, thing at the end, so the production costs were minimal. You know, they paid. What, five million bucks or whatever the fucking cost was for that 60 seconds? I don't know. But the amount of impressions that they probably got at Coinbase.com worked like a fucking charm. Because, I mean, you're sitting there and you're watching it and you see this thing go by the screen. What are you doing? Pulling out your phone. And entering a contest to win some Bitcoin. Uh, I thought that was the best in terms of, you know, likely impact. Uh, the funniest one, like the the Seth Rogen one, was pretty funny. Uh, not that great, but pretty funny. There weren't too many, like really funny commercials this year. Uh, there was a, a a commercial for Botanist Gin, which if you've never had Botanist Gin, check it out. It's good. Uh, gin rules. So there you go. Um, <clears throat> game stuff. I'm guessing the league. Loved that the Rams won. Mainly because bigger market, bigger money, um, bigger stars, etc., etc. Just bigger. 
The owner, Stan Kroenke, is a fucking dope, which we'll get to later on in the show. But he's a far, quote, better, end quote, owner than Mike Brown, the owner of the Bengals. Mike Brown is notoriously cheap. The Bengals are the only club in the NFL that does not have an indoor practice facility. I don't know if I mentioned this when I talked about Cincinnati uh, on previous shows, but when you drive by, there's a bridge that, uh, that connects Kentucky to Ohio. So you're going from Covington to Cincinnati proper. When you go over the bridge and you look to your right, you can see the practice field. Uh, and then right next to the practice field is the stadium. So there's no ancillary, um, you know, facilities anywhere near there. It's just everybody goes to the stadium every day, practices outside. Prior to the Super Bowl, they had to fucking get in a bus and drive to the University of Cincinnati. Not a long drive, but still, you know, maybe a 10-minute drive to use their indoor practice facility. So the Bengals got absurdly lucky with this run. They get to the Super Bowl, and this douchebag of an owner who's cheap as fuck uh, didn't win. So as much as I did want the Bengals to win, I'm glad Mike Brown, the owner, uh, didn't get any satisfaction for winning because it doesn't. he doesn't not give a fuck about winning. He doesn't care. And I won't hear otherwise. The man simply does not care. He only cares about maintaining uh, the status quo. And the status quo, in his mind, is turning a profit, an exceptional profit, every single year. Another guy who was born on third base and thought he got a triple. And his stadium is boring as fuck. Uh, The halftime show... I thought it was excellent. It was very good. If you didn't like that halftime show, you clearly do not like entertainment or you're just a cretinous racist. Either way, uh, you can pound sand. I thought it was very good. I thought... I thought 50 Cent was, you know, not really necessary given the star power of the remaining uh, artists. Um, I thought that Eminem kind of mailed it in a little bit. But I thought Dre and Snoop, excellent. Mary J. Blige, who I'm not like, you know, huge Mary J. Blige fan. thought she was good. Kendrick Lamar, uh, I'm an old, so I'm not intimately familiar with his work. But I thought what he did was good. Um, yeah, I enjoyed it. And I knew I would, because again, being an old, I would like Dr. Dre and Snoop, uh, doing, doing their thing. But yeah. Hmm. So there's a, a gentleman on the, uh, Twitter machine that I follow. His name is Sam Munson. He was an Irishman, or he he is an Irishman, who uh, works for Pro Football Focus. 
which uh, if you are a football fan on social media, you should be aware of PFF and their, uh, I don't even know what, what to say about them. It's a website. They do a lot of rankings. They're big into rankings. Um, preseason, during the season, postseason, whatever. Their stuff is very nerdy, like in-depth football stuff, which I enjoy. To a point. Anyways, he tweeted out after the Super Bowl, quote, Weirdest thing in American sports is handing the trophy to the team owner first, end quote. To which I replied, quote, Not all that weird when you realize the weird obsession this country has with idolizing the rich, end quote. You can find such gems at ComplaintsPod on Twitter. And if I must say so myself, my reply was 100% True. We, as Americans, for whatever bizarre-ass reason, love extreme wealth in those that have it. We elected a guide to the highest office in the, in the land whose most redeemable quality by his own admission was that he was allegedly very rich. Wealth is one thing. Having wealth is one thing. What you do with it is another. Morality, empathy, compassion are rare these days, even amongst the bourgeoisie. But the wealth, the wealthiest of Americans wouldn't piss on the people that generally worship them if they were on fire. A total lack, a total and utter lack of of care for their fellow citizens. You can tell that I'm reading a script, right? I wrote it out. I want to make sure that I had all my thoughts in line. In Europe, the uh, the super rich, for the most part, are, are, are met with disdain. Look no further than uh, European football and that whole Super League experiment that I talked about months ago. Supporters of a number of clubs involved just flat out revolted to the point that the thing was scrapped. They'll try it again because they're fucking greedy and selfish pricks. Like getting to the point of absurd wealth is often met by that particular group with a need to obtain even more wealth. But at what expense? And I've been reading recently about the the absurdly rich and and how as they as they gain more wealth, those three characteristics that I mentioned earlier morality, empathy, compassion they vanish. There are a number of different studies out there that I don't think are I think they're somewhat telling you know it has a lot to do with people that drive a luxury vehicle at a four way stop people that watch two differing videos and one has to do with uh, children with cancer and the other one is just how to build a shed. Like, which one is more impactful? Which one do they watch the most? Which one do they pay attention to their phone the most? Uh, what was another one? Like candy in a jar where they're told, uh, hey, you know, you can take as much candy as you want Whatever's left over is going to be donated to poor kids. And, you know, the, the difference between 
you know, poor people doing that and wealthy people doing that is that the wealthy take way more than the poor. It's a bunch of scientific studies that, you know, I don't think they're entirely, entirely accurate. They don't tell the whole story. They only tell some of the story. Jeff Bezos, for example, is the richest man on earth and is firing cock rockets all over the place with Captain Kirk in tow. He actually donated $10 billion in 2020 to his own fund that distributed funds, uh, that money, I should say, to various charities. It was his own fund. He created it, donated to it, divvied it out. All right, fine. All the while, his wealth grew by about $70 billion in 2020 during a global pandemic. Remember that? Sure you do. You were there, right? I haven't mentioned that. I mean, no one is asking him to save the world. Him or his ilk. Though, you know, they could if we're being honest. So while we are subjected to these soulless ghouls racing through space on a variety of vehicles or buying up sports teams, in the case of Stan Kroenke, uh, who's a, as I mentioned, a fucking buffoon, what makes them so special that they have to be handed the Lombardi Trophy before the guys who actually spent 60 minutes making that possible. It's like, uh, hey, let's bring up the owner of the team who's been sitting down in a climate-controlled setting for the last 60 minutes. He he got here in his helicopter after his private jet. Let's not talk to... Uh, you know, fucking uh, Matt Stafford, who probably has an injured knee, or let's not talk to Aaron Donald, who uh, probably should have been the MVP and single-handedly closed that game out. Let's not talk to them first. Let's talk to Stan Kroenke, who is unbelievably awkward behind a microphone with his equally as awkward children standing behind him, just salivating over the fact that someday that whole thing will be theirs. Because in most cases, it was the father who built a business uh, that the sons now run, or they just got lucky that they happened upon an emerging technology at the right time, or they were simply raging pieces of shit that took advantage of others to get where they ended up. Yet... These people, because of their net worth, are looked at as being better than those who do not have as much. Now, look, you can disagree and say, oh, that's not true. That's bullshit. Maybe you don't. I know I don't, but maybe you don't. And that's great. I'm glad. Spend any amount of time on social media and you see just how many people do. Every day is a fucking story, and the story, you know, is revolves around somebody who's absurdly wealthy. Yesterday it was Kanye West. I say yesterday, meaning Monday. 
Monday, it was Kanye West. Because this fucking crazy prick uh, gave his uh, equally as absurdly wealthy wife a brand new pickup truck filled with roses for Valentine's. (laughs) I was just going to make fun of people that said Valentine's instead of Valentine's. And what do I say? Valentine's. Ugh. God. Anyways, uh, for Valentine's Day. That just happens every day. It's dumb shit like that. You know, that guy in particular, he has mental health issues. Like, he should literally probably get some help. But, you know, he's a popular musician who is throwing money around like crazy, so everyone's fascinated by it. Ooh, what's he doing now? What do absurdly wealthy people do all day, anyway? You get to a certain point, you're not working anymore, right? You can call it work if you want, but how much work is there for, for Jeff Bezos? Nothing, nothing. He's just watching the money fucking go into his bank account. That's it. He's busy building cock rockets, which will never not be funny, by the way. So, I mean, do, do these people, like, go to meetings all day and, uh, you know, their underlings can just sniff their ass all day and tell them how great they are? That's I mean, probably not accurate, but it's probably not that far off either, I would imagine. Wealth as a status symbol that's revered in this country is a never-ending oddity. And the idolatry of the whole thing is just foolish to me. Growing up, the narrative over achieving that status is a never-ending pile of shit. It's constantly hammered into competition. Everything's a fucking competition in this country. And the goal, seemingly, is to just to acquire as much wealth as possible. Which is fine if, you, if you're planning to be, you know, a bit more philanthropic than just, uh, you know, press releases and tax write-offs. At least that's what I think. And look, I will be the last person to begrudge someone uh, for trying to make money. Unfortunately, that's the way the world works. And if you, if you aren't making money, you're not going to be able to live they come there there comes a point where the greed is just way too much and if the only goal is to to acquire more it's sort of lost it, it's lost its appeal american society seem to believe that the richest uh people have won whatever competition it is that they think is existing not sure what it is but it's if it's simply to eliminate any sense of actual character, then I, you know I don't think that's a race that I want to be a part of. No one's saying that you should be happy being poor. You should just be happy being happy. If you're able to pay your bills, terrific. I just don't see the need to worship someone because of the number of zeros in their 
bank account. Which doesn't fucking make a ton of sense to me at all. Saw way too many tweets uh, this weekend about uh, the Super Bowl from people who don't care about sports. You know, uh, shitting all over people who care about sports. And I've talked about this before, and it just fucking really fries my balls. There's no need for it. Stop doing it. You're not better than anybody because you don't watch sports. Shut the fuck up. I just felt the need to say, again, shut the fuck up. One of the, you know, continuing narratives uh, about the game was that uh, I keep wanting to call Matthew Stafford Sam Bradford. Ugh. I mean, they both played for the Rams. You know, in Stafford's case, he still does. But I don't know why. Every time I think about it, I want to call him Sam Bradford. Ugh. Oh, man, that's awful. Stafford. Uh, how he was 34, had played for Detroit for a number of years, yada, yada, yada. And it made me think. Every time you, you, that they talked about Tom Brady, they had to talk about his age. And it's like, what if they do that in like regular, everyday professional life? So he, like, you win an award at work, and it's like, uh, you know, 43-year-old Dave LaPointe striking out again as he tries to sell some shit. Not like his old days when he could sell broken dreams to a beaten down sod, but he can still out there, still go out there and get the job done. Dumb shit like that. I don't know why that came to me and I had to write it down, but I thought, hmm, I wonder how that would go. I'm guessing not well, like especially as you get into your 40s and if that, if your age is constantly discussed in the workplace. Sure, there's something like, you know, inherently against the law there, age discrimination or whatever. If that's a, you know, a constant topic of conversation in your office is how old you are. I wonder if that got old for, for Tom Brady to hear about all the time, about his age. Like, all right, yeah, I fucking get it. Do I have to, like, tattoo it to my fucking forehead? Yes, I know, I'm 44. It's really, you know, there's really no point to that other than uh, that that one sentence that I <laughs> that I said because I thought it was kind of funny. <laughs> um, I am still working on my uh, anti-attractive people stance. Uh, I have um, I have worked it out a little bit. But I need more substance to it. I know what I'm trying to say here when I when I put that out there. But I need I need a little bit more oomph. You know what I mean? Because while I am anti-attractive people, I don't want to come off as a total asshole. Just kind of an asshole. That's that's my thing, you know. Never want to be a full asshole. You just want to be half an asshole. Now that's a dynamite t-shirt, right? Half an asshole, 
complaints and observations. Look at that. That's a good one. A couple weeks ago, it was unsquirmable. Today, half an asshole. Uh, this this portion of the program is going nowhere. Right? I don't really have, you know, I already did sort of a free ad. Dingle Irish Whiskey. One of the coolest places I've ever been. Uh, Dingle. County Kerry, Ireland. Beautiful place. And the whiskey that the Dingle Distillery put pumps pumps out dynamite. You can find it in uh, your you know local liquor store, but the really good stuff that you can't find here. Good luck getting it because the shipping will cost you more than the actual whiskey itself. Why fucking tariffs? Thank you, Donald Trump, for instituting tariffs on you know good shit to be imported from outside of the country. And then uh, thank you, Joe Biden, for doing absolutely fucking nothing about it. Asshole. Both of them. Full assholes. Not half an asshole. As it is Thursday, it is time for everyone's favorite part of the show. It's almost over. And three gripes. A uh, short show again this week because, you know, I, I had some stuff planned out. Uh, I did the stuff that I planned out. And then I, I took some stuff out. Oh, excuse me. Fuck. I took some stuff out. I was going to talk about Joe Rogan again. Then I realized I was talking about Joe Rogan way too much, so I'm not going to. I had another thing that I'm going to try to suss out a little bit more, but uh, the people that um, were athletic stars as, as kids when you were growing up, and then what they became... After uh, after growing up, I guess the best way to put it. So like the athletic superstars when you were in like junior high school. They were king shit of said junior high school. And then they went on to high school and post high school. What happened to them? I'd love I'd love like an in-depth study. On the. The path, I don't, I don't know, like, what's the percentage of, what's the divorce rate for <laughs> highly ranked previous uh, uh, athletic people? Uh, I, see, I, I, I need more. Need more. But, you know, the divorce rate and the uh, bankruptcy rate and, I don't know, other shit. <laughs> and uh, other shit. Yeah, Dave, good one. But, you know, I kind of had a little bit kind of written out about that, but then I realized that it wasn't that good, so I cut it. But then, you know, I could do that with the entire fucking show, right? Just realize it's not that good and cut it. Because uh, it's not that good. Nope. Anyway, 
Uh, gripe number one, people who clap weird. Clapping is an easy skill to master. Yet, for some able-bodied people, and I say able-bodied people, I don't even think I'm saying it right. Able-bodied? Abled? No. Able-bodied people. Obviously, if, if you have a physical disability, ailment, whatever, clapping is probably not that easy for you. However, if uh, by all outward appearances, you are a able-bodied person, it should not be difficult for you. For example, I'm watching that new Jimmy Fallon joint, That's My Jam. It's actually kind of funny. Entertaining for a network program. And uh, Dan Finnerty of the Dan Band. Are you familiar with the Dan Band? Do you remember? They were in um, the Will Ferrell movie. Uh, fucking old school, right? Yeah, they were the they were the wedding band in old school. Which, oh man, when did old school come out? Is that movie twenty years old yet? If not, it's close. Old school was two thousand and three. Next year, holy fuck! Wow. Oh, man, that's brutal. That is so crazy. Fucking 20 years ago. Yeah, okay. Anywho. So Dan Finnerty, lead singer of the Dan Band, uh, claps like one of those jolly chimp toys with with the cymbals. You know what I'm talking about. Like, if you, if you see this thing, you know what it is. Uh, like the cover art from the 80s uh, horror movie, Monkey Shines. If you haven't seen it, it's weird as fuck. It's terrible. Anyways, I don't see how that's not a cor- correctable movement, right? Hold out one hand. Use the other hand to repeatedly smack the palm of held out hand. It's not hard. This poor guy's up there and he's fucking like elbows out, clapping along. And I'm like, dude, you look fucking terrible. It's almost as like like he was like slapping like palm on palm. (laughs) Fingers extended. Palm on palm, clapping. It's like, oh, man. I wonder, it it makes me wonder, did anybody say anything to him? Like a producer? Hey, Dan, uh, hey, stop clapping. Or or clap light. Do a light golf clap. Try that, because you look weird. But there's a lot of people who can't clap. There's got to be some kind of reason for it. Like, is there just something in their brain that doesn't uh, doesn't register? I used to work with a dude who clapped the same fucking way. That just entered my mind. Oh, fuck. 
And he is a friend. He's a good guy. And I'm wondering if I ever said anything to him. I hope I did. I may have, because I'm that petty. But, yeah. Figure it out, man. Learn how to clap. Go to your friends and say, hey, listen, uh, I'm having a tough time clapping. <laughs> oh, that's not funny. Uh, gripe number two, top bed sheets. Hotels fucking love these things, and I understand why. Um, multiple people, like, using a comforter or bedspread or whatever, without that layer of protection, it's just gross. Because <clears throat> you couldn't wash. You can't launder that, that top blanket. You can launder the sheet. You can't really launder the blanket every time. Every time you change out a room, because, I mean, we're talking, you'd, you'd have delays. My guess is that they wash them regularly. I don't know if they wash them after every stay. I don't know. Maybe they do. Maybe they don't. I would imagine in some hotels you have stayed at, they don't. But what I don't understand is when they make the bed... Why is that top sheet folded over? Folded over like the, the bedspread or the blanket or whatever. Why do they do that? I don't fucking understand it. Did you always wake up in the middle of the night with a thing and it's like all over the place and you're fucking tangled in it? And like, what the fuck? Like, we don't use them at home. My wife and I. Is that weird? Are we weird for not using the top sheet? Maybe. And if so, I don't care. I find the top sheet to be a little much. Bottom sheet, absolutely necessary. Don't be one of those fucking weirdos that doesn't... Unless you're, <laughs> unless you're in your like early, early 20s, uh, you need a bottom sheet. Top sheet, eh, debatable. Last week, though, I actually remade the bed, kind of, so that the top sheet was even with the top blanket. I had to. And look, it's another reason why when I travel, like immediately when I get into a room, that do not disturb tag goes right in the fucking doorknob. Don't fucking come near this room. Because the work that you put into that bed to get it comfortable in terms of your bedding, once they come in and fix that shit, you're screwed. You're back to square one. If you don't live like a fucking animal, you don't need your room cleaned every night. If you need new towels, you ask for them. Not to mention, like, how many fucking towels are you using? You put, like, four towels in your room. If you're staying four nights, four towels, fine. Or if you're an adult, you can use a towel more than once. But fuck, how many fucking towels do you need? Look, 
It's not necessary. And this this goes out specifically to uh, to AP Dave, to Secret Twitter Nolan. This goes out to you guys because uh, I'm not a fucking animal, so I don't need my goddamn room cleaned every fucking 10 minutes. Get out of here with that shit. Fresh towels. Ask for them. They'll give you as many towels as you want. You don't need someone coming in your room and moving your shit around and tightening up that bed. <laughs> um, also, shout out AP Dave. Uh, got a new job, so congratulations to Dave. Nicely done. Great number three, repugnant eaters. I've mentioned on this show previously how gross of a popcorn eater that I am. Just awful. Shoving that shit in, making a giant mess. I don't know what it is. I just can't do it. But what I mean here uh, are the people that no matter what they're eating can never do it without a fucking mess. Shit all over their plate, on and off the plate. Shit on their shirt, shit on their pants, shit on their face, shit on their hands. Just people that can't keep themselves clean when eating. And, you know, making noises like grunting, excessive slurping, growling, burping, the oohs and ahs and other fucking commentary. None of it is needed and it all makes a mess. But to some people, that's all they can fucking do. And it doesn't matter what they're eating. Look, I won't name names because I'm better than that. <clears throat> but I've been around some real primitive boars of late. And to the point where I've been sick to my stomach watching shit fly from their mouths trying to consume as much you know, food as possible. Like, how do you, how do you point that out? Hey, man, uh, you've got some uh, everything everywhere. Could you clean it up a bit? Like, some of us more refined folk don't need to see that, all right? That's it for the show. What a great place to end on disgusting eaters. Gross, disgusting eaters. Ew. Uh, Short-ish show this week. As I mentioned earlier, it's because I'm ill-prepared. Recording this earlier than I would like. But I have uh, family obligations tomorrow. Uh, Wednesday. But uh, next week, um, I will get to a couple of existing voicemails. Uh, shout out, Andrew. I didn't forget about you, pal. I'm just trying to say, I'm trying to gather up voicemails. And I know that a friend of the show, Donnie, is going to uh, drop a line. Uh, so looking forward to that because the topic that he shared with me today is something near and dear to my heart. Uh, you know, parents. So, but a, a, a special subset of parents, mind you. So I'm looking forward to that. Uh, if you have something that you want to talk about, 
And when I say something, I mean fucking anything. 617-657-4736. Call in. Share what's on your mind. The whole point, again, as I've said a thousand times, this is a it's an open forum, a confessional, uh, a suggestion box, whatever. That's what the number's there for. 617-657-4736. 617-65-RIP-EM. Call in, leave a voicemail, be on the show. Uh, you can go to the... Twitter page at Complaints Pod. You can go to the Instagram page at Complaints Pod. Uh, you could go uh, to the Facebook page, but you know, fuck Facebook. You could go to the YouTube page, but I don't do anything with it. Uh, you could go to the Twitch page, but uh, eh, I don't do anything with that either. A lot of places you could go. You can go to the website, complaintsandobservations.com, where you will find the blog, uh, where I uh, have a new blog post every Friday, except for last Friday because I was traveling and didn't post anything. But there's about 17 past blogs that I'm pretty sure no one has read. So if you want to be bored, uh, have at it. Um, what else? What else do I have? Uh, nothing. If you want to be on the show, let me know. Uh, <laughs> the usual story. Uh, I thought I had a, a guest lined up, and you know, this time I got flat out ghosted by this potential guest. So, yeah, you know, I can't really blame this person, but it's still kind of a dick move. Uh, what else? I think that's it. Uh, this has been the world's worst podcast. Uh, be sure to tell your friends, tell your moms. Um, as always, please take care of yourself. Take care of each other. Godspeed. Ta-ta. <laughs>